Greetings, gente puente! In today's program, Father Rafael Capo, director of the Southeast Pastoral Institute, CEPI, shares with us about involving young adults in Catholic social teaching through the DUCAT. Si prefieres español, puedes leer un resumen del episodio en las notas del programa en paticc.com diagonal S13. El padre Rafael Capó, director de CEPI, comparte cómo involucrar a los jóvenes en la doctrina social de la iglesia usando el DOCAT. I'm Patty Gutierrez from Patty's Catholic Corner. Our team strives to serve ministries like yours from behind the scenes. We provide best practices and encouragement with this podcast and our Facebook group, as well as Spanish translation services from a team experienced in Catholic ministry. You can find all the resources mentioned in today's episode and a summary of the episode in English and Spanish in the show notes found at pattycc.com slash 13. If you want to be part of our online community, just look for Gente Puente on Facebook and join the group. As I said, today we're going to hear from Father Rafael Capo. As director of CEPI, he has led a project to train Hispanic young adults as missionaries of Catholic social teaching throughout the Southeast region of the United States using the DUCAT book. The DUCAT was given to the young people of the world by Pope Francis during World Youth Day in Poland in 2016. Now these missionaries from the CEPI program have started going out to dioceses in the southeast, and they're about to share these resources online for the entire U.S. This model could easily be adapted for other areas and is even being discussed with the bishops from all over Latin America. So now let's listen to my conversation with Father Rafael Capo. Welcome, Father Rafael. Thank you for being here on the Gente Puente podcast. Uh, thank you, Patty, for having me here with you and your listeners. Thanks. I'm going to start us off with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we come before you so grateful for the many blessings that you have given us, especially for the gift of serving in your church. We know we are not perfect, and so we thank you for your mercy and for choosing to work through our broken humanity. Lord Jesus, you prayed that we would be one as you and the Father are one. Pour out your Holy Spirit as we strive to be gente puente, uniting the body of Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, it's such a pleasure to get to talk to you today. Thank you for joining us, taking time out of your busy schedule to t share about the project that you are going to talk to us about. But before that, can you tell our listeners a little about yourself, your background, vocation, your ministry? Yes, I'm happy to do that, Patty, uh, for you and for our listeners. Uh, I'm Father Rafael Capo. I'm a priest of the Archdiocese of Miami, born raised in Puerto Rico. And I'm director at the U.S. Catholic Bishops Southeast Regional Office for Hispanic Ministry and its Southeast Pastoral Institute, which is the education formation branch for Hispanic ministry in the dioceses of the Southeast. And for those that are listening to our podcast, that means all the dioceses from Florida up to North Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, and down west to uh, Louisiana. So it's nine states, 30 dioceses that have their regional office and pastoral institute that was born out of the second national encuentro of Hispanic ministry. Oh, wow. And that uh, 
that we that we keep alive serving our dioceses and ministries, especially with a priority on young Hispanics. So I've, I've been director here for uh, seven years, and now with the Fifth National Encuentro, so many challenges and opportunities and and hopes that ministries thriving and uh, full of excitement. So I'm happy to be here with you as well. All right. Thank you. What is a project that you're going to share with us today? Can you give us the overall idea and how it works? Yes, Patty. I'm going to be sharing uh, with you all about the Ducat Young Adult Missionary Program that CEPI has been leading after Pope Francis and trusted youth from around the world with uh, this catechism on Catholic social teaching called the Ducat. So it's an exciting project that uh, CEPI came up with as a response to uh, Pope Francis's calling at World Youth Day in Krakow in Poland, and that's uh, moving full speed ahead in going out to the dioceses and involving Hispanic Latino youth. All right. So it started with the formation of young adults. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah. Well, let, let me give you some, some story before that, because uh, what Pope Francis gave young people really started with what Pope Benedict uh, had given to young people in Madrid years ago at that World Youth Day. Pope Benedict came out with a catechism for young people that he called the UCAT. And uh, Pope, Pope Benedict wanted to uh, give young people like this uh, small catechism in the language of young people so that young people could understand and study the faith. And CEPI began a program with our young Hispanics in training young Latinos with, uh, with this catechism for young people. But then at World Youth Day in Poland, Pope Francis took a step further and said, well, Pope, my, my predecessor said, Pope Francis, put in your hands this youth catechism, the youth catechism, but I want to give you a book that takes another step in not just learning about our faith, but what does our faith call us to do? To do, do, do cat, the catechism on, of what we need to do, of Catholic social teaching. And Pope Francis gave young people in, in, in Poland that, that catechism and said, I want, I want, uh, to have a group of young people from around the world to become missionaries with this Catholic social teaching of the church so that we can get this message out to young people throughout the world. So, and he said, who wants to become a missionary for this project I'm entrusting young people with? And I had us a, a group of of young adults from the Southeast that told me, Father, why don't we say yes to what Pope Francis is asking of us? And let's come up with an idea, a project. Maybe you can lead us and, and Seppi can, can, uh, start organizing this for us and count on us. So they said yes. Nice. And, uh, we began by realizing we cannot just become missionaries if first we don't get some formation ourselves. Mm -hmm. So this group of young adults said, Father, we need some theological pastoral formation. So we began a program of studies for uh, around 35 young adults in different areas of theology and pastoral theology, uh, Christology, ecclesiology, Bible, uh, Catholic social teaching. We came up with 10 courses 
And these young adults went through the entire program. And when they graduated, they began working on the contents they had studied and began working with the Dukat itself, the book that Pope Francis had given them. And they began studying that guide and that uh, catechism. And they began studying the different chapters. And they began uh, coming up with resources for each of the chapters so that they could explain those chapters and that contents to other young people. And then uh, we began uh, looking for partners so that they could take this to a, a, a greater level of, of death. And we got Catholic Relief Services and our Sunday visitor and a province of conventional Franciscan friars and a to the church in need and uh, the Spanish publishing house Editorial Verbo Divino to help us in different ways. Uh, Catholic Relief Services, uh, for example, helped us with funding so that our young adults could record some videos for each of the chapters. Uh, we got funding to, uh, to get books for all the young participants in the dioceses that we would be going out to. And we also got help to publish a study guide, which encompasses all the resources, the, uh, different activities, uh, songs, summaries, reflections, different ideas for each uh, young adult group that will be studying the, the Dukat so that they have resources to study and reflect on each of the chapters. So we got all these, uh, like a package of resources, the study guide, the videos, and our young adult missionaries having all these resources have been going out to our own Southeast dioceses, to young adult groups, to groups organized by the dioceses, so that they can lead very active workshops and training sessions for young adults in the dioceses, and they share their resources, they give ideas, they, they, they give them support so that they can themselves use those resources for their meetings, for, for their own reflection and study. So, they have started going out, and we have had a very nice workshop already. We we sent out our group of missionaries to uh, Louisville. We sent them out to uh, different places in Florida. They will be going out to Charlotte, to Louisiana, and uh, hopefully we'll get to tour the southeast. And in the near future, also start sharing the resources with other dioceses and young adult groups throughout the nation so that they can uh, replicate and, and take advantage of, of the work of our own uh, young adult missionaries. Nice. Can you tell me a little bit about what the missionaries do when they get to these dioceses? Like, who do they work with? What re what activities do they do? Yeah. For each diocese, uh, we form a group of young adult missionaries from, from our team, some young adult uh, women and men that go out. And they organize workshops in the diocese. Normally, it's a one-day workshop, a full-day experience where they have prayer, they have different activities, they have study, uh, they go through the through the uh, resources like the the study guide. They go through do a review of the contents of the Duket itself of the different chapters, and uh, they. They get the structure of what the different videos are, uh, start working with those so that they can themselves 
the participants can do the same thing in their groups on, or in study or reflection sessions or retreats. So it's an intensive day of activities and, uh, they sing, they pray, they study, they reflect. And, uh, we, we've had a, a great, uh, experience so far in visiting those dioceses and, uh, and sharing the, the workshops with other young adults. Great. Are they in Spanish or English or bilingually? Uh, most of them have been in Spanish. We have had one in English. The study guide itself is bilingual. It's, it's a program meant for Hispanic Latino young adults, but in both languages. So they can go back and forth as well. Uh, since they have the resources and the videos both in English and Spanish. But it has the Latino uh, culture as, you know, the mentality of what's behind. So it's it's really meant for Hispanic Latino kids, either first generation, second, third generation, but, but all within the Hispanic culture. But it has the real good contents that can be shared, not just with Hispanics. I'd say they could easily be used with campus ministries and in colleges and universities or with other young adult groups as well. Mm -hmm. So can you tell people listening that maybe in the Southeast region how they could invite one of the missionaries and then people from other regions where they could find some of these resources and any advice you have for starting something similar in their area? Yeah, perfect. I'd say, well... For people uh, within our Southeast region, because of our network uh, providing services to our dioceses, it's very easy to uh, program and put that in our calendars and send out the, the missionaries. We would normally advise the diocesan director to be the person in contact with us or the person in charge of Pastoral Juvenil mm -hmm. or Youth Young Adult Ministries. But if there's someone from a parish and wants to get in touch with another parish or campus ministry. Also, you can do that and contact us. Send us an email at info at sepi.us or you, you can call Laura Lopez at 305-279-2333 or our webpage is sepi.us. Mm -hmm. That's uh, uh, the, the normal channel for our diocese to uh as for the services, and then I would say we're very soon going to publish the study guide and the um, and some other resources in our webpage the coming weeks. Great. And we we would also be available to help out a particular diocese that that is very very interested. If they they ask and and we can put that in the calendar, we would be also available to do that, then they can contact us also at info at sepi.us. But I would say that uh, not just that we go out to your diocese uh, farther than the southeast, if you're interested out, outside of our SEPI region, hey, the very first uh, step I would do is get your ducat, get that catechism. You will find that it's so rich in contents of Catholic social teaching, and by this we mean the church's social mission, talking about the human person, family, human work, the environment, peace, uh, the economy, uh, love into action, all those areas of our, of our mission, life and social justice, for example, all those areas 
are so beautifully explained. And in this catechism of the social doctrine of the church, that that would be the very first step. Get your ducat mm-hmm. uh, so that you yourself can start getting to study the contents and then find the resources that we'll be sharing and try to come up with sessions or, or, or meetings that you can do around all these areas. You will find lots of materials for reflection and study in your uh, young adult groups. Great. We will continue with my interview with Father Rafael in a moment, but I want to share with you two free resources from my company, Patty's Catholic Corner. At pattycc.com slash resources, you can find an ebook that I wrote for people like me who grew up in the prevailing culture here in the United States, but who want to learn more about Hispanic culture and how the differences affect ministry with the Hispanic community. The other free resource is for webmasters of Catholic parishes who want to welcome and provide basic information to people who speak Spanish. They are templates that you can easily put on your pages without knowing a word of Spanish. If you or someone you know could use these free resources, please check them out at pattycc.com resources. Now let's continue the conversation with Father Rafael. What are some of the things that you learned along the way or that you would change if you did it again or that you've started changing for the future related to this program? Well, uh, I'd say the delivery of the, of the materials takes new forms, adapting to new groups or different realities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for example, we, we are now being asked to share our program with young adult leaders from Latin America mm. in Latin, different Latin American countries. The bishops of Central America and the Archbishop of Panama have asked us to do this uh, so that they can replicate our CEPI program for Latin America. Wow. And that's very exciting. We're, we can we can give our, our humble experience of what our young missionaries have done, share our materials and our, our resources so that other young people from around Latin America can do the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're very proud that the Archbishop of Panama will be talking about this at the opening mass at World Youth Day in Panama in January. Uh, he will be uh, talking about this and, and uh, doing like a send-up of young missionaries and uh, counting on, on our own young adults from, from CEPI. So I'm proud about that, for that. And that means that, hey, this is something that we can all work with and uh, something we can replicate and, and learn about some excellent resources, not just talking about what my young adults have done, but I'm talking about the Ducat itself, what Pope Francis gave the young people. So uh, get to know it, get to study it, and become uh, a young missionary with, with that message that, that the church has to, uh, to share with you. Wow. Father, can you share something that, has gone really well or exceeded your expectations or some way that you've seen God show up in this experience, either with the people that you're forming or with a community where you have shared this message? Yes. uh, I'd say that it all started with a personal encounter with Christ. That was what triggered the whole thing. And that has transformed the lives of these young adults. So Mm. even more than, than the contents and, and, and the materials and what they're studying, it's been the personal journey of these young adults. Their lives were touched by the Lord and, and they experience a very profound 
personal encounter that goes back to World Youth Day in Rio, where uh, Pope Francis was calling in people from around the world to his first encounter with World Youth Day. And I had some of the young adults that are still part of this program participating back then. And after a beautiful experience at the World Youth Day Vigil with Pope Francis, uh, they encountered a moment of a crisis there in the venue where the audience was, the vigil was being held at because they, they had to come up with an, an emergency, uh, uh, venue because the original place where the vigil was going to play, take place at, uh, had been flooded. Mm-hmm. So they improvised the, the, uh, the vigil on the beach without having had any preparations for that vigil on that place. So my group at the end of the vigil, after experiencing a beautiful vigil with the Pope, started confronting a moment of desperation, a terrible moment where we even decided to to leave and not uh, spend the night there for the vigil, which is part of the normal World Youth Day experience. And they went back to the place where we were originally staying with this sense of defeat. It was like a very sad moment, not being able to spend the night there at the, at the vigil site. And we were just speechless and no words, like sad, defeated. And at that moment, a young, young woman showed up and asked me, Father, what's your name? And I looked at her like, where did this woman come from? Mm-hmm. And I told her, well, I'm Father Raphael. And she looked at me and said, Father Raphael, remember you are loved. And she started going, asking the name of each of my young adults and started calling them by their name and and telling them, remember you are loved. And that moment was such a powerful moment that connected with what Pope Francis had talked about at the vigil and put them on fire to go back the very next day for the closing mass and come back from World Youth Day, go back to Poland and accept these missionary challenges from, from Pope Francis. So the, I'd say the origin and the, the strength and the, all the hope and, and, and the beautiful aspects of what have come out of this really have their, their origins in realizing God's love and that this is because they have had this personal encounter with the Lord that has called them to, hey, make a journey of formation, make a journey that's a personal journey also of conversion and committing themselves as young adults to better serve their peers, their friends, the young church, and the wider church as well. So it's been very exciting seeing that personal transformation and that commitment of of our young adults that can bring much hope and much joy to the church even through troubled times. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. How do you concretely or practically keep that in the forefront in the program or how do you continue to motivate them to not forget that encounter or to continue fostering the spiritual side of what you're doing throughout the formation program? Oh yeah. We, we try to reconnect with prayer vigils 
moments of reflection, little moments where we reconnect with, with moments of adoration and silence, small gatherings that will have a moment of prayer and also like a festive uh, also gathering where they can share. And those moments are also important throughout the experience, not just uh, be there on the field, going out on a mission, but also uh, recharging and reconnecting with the Lord mm -hmm. every now and then and connecting uh, among themselves. Mm -hmm. Can you share some advice in general about leading ministry, anything that you've learned over the years, maybe as a priest or as the leader at SEPI or just leading in general, how to lead people well, or how to balance your personal and spiritual life? Can you share something that you've learned? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd say uh, a couple of things. One is to keep balance in your life as a minister, as a leader in, in, in ministry and, and the church. Keep balance in your life. I always repeat my young adults, stay strong in body, mind, and spirit. And I say that very intentionally in, in calling our, our young people to realize that, hey, as a, as a priest, I try to do this. I invite you to do the same in your lives. I to keep balance in, in staying healthy, in exercising, and in, in caring for the temple of your body, but also dedicating time to strengthening your spirit and your relationship with the Lord through prayer and moments of retreat and silence. And then, sure, uh, the mind. Keep growing. Keep studying. Keep. Uh, don't be happy with what you learn at seminary or what you learn at college or university, mm -hmm. but expand your mind and always keep learning. So strength of body, mind, spirit. That would be one advice. Another advice would be for a leader in ministry to know your people, know the people you're ministering to, the people you're going out to serve. Get to know them and accompany them. Walk with them. In Spanish, we have the word acompañamiento, which is such a profound term, pastorally and theologically. It's that accompaniment that it's being besides our people, not just serve them as if they were people you don't even know who they are. You need to walk with them and, and know their hearts and know their needs. And, and by accompanying them, that's the biggest lesson. And that will be the first step to open many doors in ministry. That's a second advice. And the third one I'd like to share, apart from staying strong in body, mind, spirit, and, and walking and accompanying your people and knowing them, the third one would be stay joyful. We need joyful people in ministry. We need people who are happy, uh, that are full of enthusiasm, of creativity, of joy, and it's the joy of the gospel. And Pope Francis reminds us all the time, and he did that in his encyclical, The Joy of the Gospel, saying we don't need people with with sad faces that look like they're uh, in the funeral. We need people that are joyful, that have a smile on their faces, and that's the power of the gospel. That's the power of, of Jesus Christ that can transform the world. And we need ministers, we need priests, we need young adult leaders in the church and people in ministry that have that joy of the gospel that can uh, share that joy with other people. Thank you very much. 
I know you could continue to share lots from your experience, so I appreciate you taking the time. As we close, though, can you give some words of encouragement? Maybe there is a minister listening that's going through a difficult time challenge. Uh, Can you encourage them and then say a prayer for all those that serve the church? Sure, we'll do that. My advice would be to realize that crisis and difficult moments and, and the dark nights and the moments of cross are part of the journey. No disciple can evade the cross. Just as Jesus Christ had to confront that moment of the passion on the cross, sure, there will be moments where we have to face struggles and difficult times, but always remember in the uh, depths of your heart that that's not the end. There's always Easter, there's always joy, and there's always Easter Sunday. So keep that in mind, keep that in your heart, and just persevere, just as our Blessed Mother persevered, just as the Apostles persevered, stay strong and stay joyful because that will take you to the Easter joy and, and to the, the mission in Pentecost. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So keep that in mind and let us ask the Lord to uh, inflame our hearts with this joy of the gospel. Let us pray. Good and gracious Lord, you have called us to be your missionary disciples. You have given each one of us the graces of baptism that make us your disciples and your missionaries. Give us the strength, the Holy Spirit, to realize that even through difficult times, we are called to endure, to persevere, and to build your kingdom. And as we keep going forward as your missionary disciples, Make that our efforts will bring much joy to the world and will bring much fruits for the mission of the church. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Raphael, for coming with us today to talk about this Ducat project. And I'm sure that lots of people are going to be able to take advantage of the resources that you'll be sharing in a few weeks. So thank you. Thank you, and uh, I hope we can continue some other conversations in the future, and I pray for you all. Thank you. What a great conversation. Here are some key takeaways for me. The Ducat is a rich resource that, as Father Raphael said, beautifully explains the church's social mission, the human person, family, work, environment, peace, economy, etc. Young people are hungry to put their faith into practice. I remember my own faith as a young person being awakened and strengthened through Catholic social teaching and then going out into the world to act on it. The first step is to get a copy. Find the links in the show notes to get a copy in English or Spanish, and you can even try out Kindle Unlimited free for a month to get the Kindle edition in English. Consider giving it as a gift to the young people in your life or ministry. There's even a Ducat app. Number two, Hispanic young people in the Southeast have heard and answered Pope Francis's call to be missionary disciples, first with the UCAT and now with the Ducat. They are already being sent out, and they are ready for more invitations in the Southeast. In the show notes, you can find links to the videos they produced for each chapter, as well as chapter one of their study guide. Those things are already up and ready. But in a few weeks, all the resources that they've designed will be ready for the whole U.S. to benefit from, thanks to their generous partners. Check out sepi.us in early 2019 to find them. 3. 
Never forget that the fruits of any program always have their origin in one's personal encounter with the living Christ. God first loved us, and to spread His love to others, we need to constantly be reminded of this. So any program we lead in ministry, we must always remember to include an element of introducing or reconnecting participants to that encounter with Christ. 4. Get to know your people. Ministry should not be a generic service to a faceless crowd. It is, as Father Rafael says, acompañamiento, to walk with a certain people at a certain time in history, to know their hearts and their needs. 5. Once we have accompanied our people, then we can bring them the joy of the gospel with joy in our own hearts. And no matter what difficulties we face, we know deep down that after the cross comes the resurrection. I hope you liked the interview too and that it will serve you in your ministry. Don't forget to visit the show notes where you can find all the resources mentioned in this episode and information about Seppi and Father Rafael and all of their Ducat program at pattycc.com slash 13. In the next episode, we're going to tackle an issue that Father Rafael brought up, taking care of our body, mind, and spirit. This season of Advent and Christmas can be one of the most stressful and hectic times of the year for all of us, but especially those in ministry. So for the next episode, we're going to mix things up a little bit and focus on the minister instead of just the ministry. Sandra Navarro is the assistant editor in the Hispanic Ministry Resource Center of Claritian Publications, and she's going to share with us about her journey of recognizing the need to take better care of her body, mind, and spirit so she could give her best at home, at work, and in her parish. She has now begun coaching others in changing their habits for holistic well-being. Make sure to join us in episode 14. If you would like to be a guest on a future episode, you can find out more information at pattycc.com slash gentepuente. You don't have to be an expert. You can simply share from your experience something concrete that other Hispanic ministers can use in their ministries. We don't want to waste our time reinventing the wheel, so let's help each other. Also, there are many traditions and celebrations of this season of the year that we haven't talked about yet here on the podcast. Come to our Facebook group and share your favorite celebrations so other ministers can learn from your experience. Maybe it's a pastorella or misas de aguinaldo or a manger scene or nacimiento, acostar al niño or other Christmas traditions. We would love to hear about how you celebrate in your community during the month of December. And of course, see your photos of these beautiful celebrations. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash Gente Puente, or simply look for Gente Puente on Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe to Gente Puente podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any future episode. Thanks for listening today. May God bless you and your ministry as Gente Puente. Gente Puente.